everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And we're both Jessica Stanley eating a quarter pounder with cheese while Bella is having a hallucination in the middle of the street. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. How's your Tuesday going? What's cracking? Um, I went to Super Target today because I had to get cat litter. And, um... I got a gift card for my birthday. So I was like, maybe I'll get some like pepperoni or something. I don't know. I'll treat myself. And first of all, Target, I am not shitting you. Well, they had like a deal on cat litter, I guess, recently. The entire cat litter section was empty. Not a single brand was left. And I was like, what if this was an emergency? I mean, it kind of was, but I just went to a different store. But I was like, really not a single brand? That's the whole reason I came was for this. Right, but then right. I got over it, and I was like, well, that just leaves more money for other things. Um, so I got some other things. And then when I got to self-checkout, I saw uh, one of my ex-coworkers. And I he had told us when he quit a couple months ago that he got a job in Denver and was moving to Denver. And so I was like, hey, blah, 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 what's up? Where are you, what have you been up to? And he was like, oh, I'm working at this restaurant right over here. And it's a restaurant on Harmony, and I'm like, I didn't say anything, but in my mind, I was like, this motherfucker lied to all of us. He did not move to Denver. Honestly, that's something I would do, so I can't even judge him for it. Yeah, I mean, I I was like, props on you for the clean break. Like, yep, sorry, I'm moving. I don't, I can't hang out with any of you or talk to any of you ever again. I'm moving. And he didn't. I'm sure he felt like, like, he realized it when you saw him, you know? But he was, like, play it cool, play it off. Guess what he was buying? What? Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Oh, nice. Did you guys bond over that? I, I did. Or we did. He showed me, and I was like, oh, that's actually, like, pretty tight. The trading card game, and I don't mean, like, the physical trading card game. I mean, like, like the hustle of it, or, like, the the game of having trading cards it's really blowing up recently and like any store you go to that sells like pokemon cards or anything like that you have a limit to how many you can buy because scalpers buy them all and then sell them at crazy prices so i'm glad he found some uh at target yeah me too um here's a deep cut for you there's this good episode of everybody loves raymond about like trading cards (laughs) i fucking love that show and i don't give a fuck it's so funny (laughs) I love that. It fucks with Ray Ray Romano. You want to know what discovery I made today? What? Our podcast is kind of funny. (laughs) You're just now realizing this? Yeah, because here's the thing. Uh, Paige knows this, but the listeners don't. I literally do this podcast in a vacuum. Okay, we record it. I listen to it literally once while editing. So it's like a lot of stops and starts. I do not listen to it again. When it's on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, I'm not listening to it. I don't want to know. I I just don't care. I did listen to the Halloween episode a couple times because our theme song at the beginning was such a banger. I want to hear it at the club. But um, boyfriend of the pod, Jacob, was like making a comment about something we said back in early Midnight Sun. And I was like, what was the context of that? So I like went back and listened to a whole episode entitled You're in the Cash Cab. And I was like laughing at it. And I was like, damn, this is kind of good. <laughs> I have thought about that. Um, like 
once my week hits Thursday or Friday and I've caught up on all of my new episodes of the podcast that I listen to, uh, I always see ours and Spotify. I'm like, I should just start from the beginning and just listen and see if it's good. Um, I don't want to because I've already read Twilight and Midnight Sun and I can't, I can't do it again. Give it a couple of years. This feeling is akin to <laughs> the other day. Boyfriend of the pod, Jacob, and I were trying to figure out what day we actually like started talking because we met on Hinge. And so I re-downloaded Hinge to check. And so then I had like our initial awkward as fuck conversation up and it was literally so painful to read. That's how I feel like <laughs> listening to the podcast would be for me. Not because of you or whatever, just because I say dumbass shit all the time. That makes me think of uh, the last time I downloaded Tinder, it was when I met Danny. So I did not go on it after that. And after a couple months, I was like, I should go on and delete my account because I don't want it just floating out there. So I went on and I was looking at like, the people I'd match with and the conversations and stuff I had had. And one of the guys that I matched with caught my eye. Cause I was like, wait, I know that guy. And I clicked and I don't really like know him that well. He's a boyfriend of a roommate of one of my coworkers, but I'm actually friends with the roommate. Like I've met her a couple times and she's really cool. And she's also a Leo. So we get along really well. So in knowing her, I think I've met him like one time in real life and I've seen pictures of him and stuff. So I know him and we had matched on Tinder like eons ago before they were dating. And I messaged him and I said, Hey, just wanted to let you know you're cool. You are cool. And he did not respond. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it's just such good game, you guys. <laughs> I took a screenshot and I sent it. It's actually a friend of the pod, Emma, her her roommate. Um, I sent it to her and I was like, can you believe that I matched with so-and-so? And she was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I'm, gonna, I'm sending this to him to see if he remembers this at all. I'm like, I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> clearly my game was at an all-time low. <laughs> I'm so dead. Ugh, it's hard out here. It's brutal out here. Um, we read chapter four of New Moon Waking Up this week. What did you think of this one, Paige? This one just really was a roller coaster of emotions for me. It was like, I feel bad for Bella. I'm mad at Bella. I feel bad at Bella. I'm, I'm mad at her again. I, I feel bad for Charlie. I'm mad at Charlie. I feel bad for Charlie. I just, like, I felt... I simultaneously hated and felt bad for pretty much everyone in this chapter and had issues with everyone while also simultaneously, like, my heart goes out to you. The only person who I'm like, they're the real victim here is Jessica. I felt so bad for her this whole chapter. Yeah, it does suck, but... Let's get into it. For starters, I was, it took me everything I had last week and you were like, the next page says October, so there must be a little bit of a time jump. And I was like, bitch, next page November, next page December, next page January. Yeah, 
my mind was like, as I was flipping, I'm like, how long are we going here? Jeez Louise. <laughs> I was going to ask what your feelings were doing that. So that's so funny. So there's like a little, almost like a preface to this chapter. And it says, time passes, even when it seems impossible, even when each tick of the second hand aches like the pulse of a blood of blood behind a bruise. It passes unevenly in strange lurches and dragging wolves, but pass it does, even for me. I just, I, of that little section, obviously it's very dramatic, um, but Bella finds a way to bring blood into the conversation. I, like, she could have said anything else like like the ache of a bruise. That's actually what she says. Um, the ache of like a headache or the ache of, um, I don't know. I just like, she didn't have to say blood, but she did. And it's felt very purposeful. And also I'm like, sis, stop it. <laughs> True. Okay. So then the chapter actually begins with this conversation between Charlie and Bella. And I just have to say, yeah, I felt bad for Charlie throughout all of this because he has to navigate, like, it's so sad. Like, the saddest line to me is when he's like, I don't want you to try harder. I've never seen anyone try so hard because Bella is just like, basically, she's living her life for him, which is kind of fucked up. But also, like, good of her to try to make that effort for him. But she's like, she's just lifeless. Like, she goes to work. Or she goes to school, she goes to work, she makes him dinner, she does her homework, like, that's it. She doesn't, like, talk to her friends. It's clear by the time that, you know, when she's talking to Jessica, that Jessica's, like, shocked that she's even talking to her. So it's like, when's the last time, like, Bella literally spoke to anyone at school? Yeah, it's... It, it, I, it makes me think about the people that I went to high school with and how they dealt with breakups. And obviously people were upset about their breakups, but, like, I don't, I feel like I've never met or experienced someone who did anything like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to knock her, because, obviously, there's, like, mental health concerns here, and, like, she kind of goes into later in the book, like, why she felt this way, so I think that'll, like, shed some light on it for you, too. So, yeah, definitely not dragging her, just saying, like, it would be hard for everyone else in her life to, like, figure out how to navigate that, especially, you know, the person that she lives with. Yeah. And I think back when you said mental health issues, I think back to what Bella's previous year was like. And she went through a lot of trauma and a lot of just unbelievable situations that a normal person wouldn't have to go through necessarily and to have all of that sort of ripped out beneath her and now it's almost like none of that even had to happen because now I'm no longer in a relationship with this person so like was it all for nothing like not only having this past trauma to deal with but now just knowing like what was even the point of it I can I can imagine being sort of numbed to everything and not even wanting to like think about it or talk to anyone it's a lot to process yeah such a good point and we were talking at the time of like her experiencing those things about how unrealistic it was that she was just like chilling and fine with it like especially the whole James situation how she didn't seem to have any like lasting mental like fatigue or just anything about it and it's like what the fuck yeah I I feel like I said there were many 
points in this chapter where I felt really bad for Bella, and that was one of them. Just being like, yeah, she's she's having to deal with all of that, and now all of this, too. It's just a lot. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, they kind of go back and forth, Charlie and Bella do, because he says that he wants to send her home to Jacksonville to live with her mother, and then, you know, when she argues against that, he's like, well, maybe you should see a therapist. And and he, she's like, I'm not doing that. And then she finally just agrees to be like, I'll go out with Jessica tonight. And then, like, leaves before he can say anything. Yeah, I think Charlie was offering up some really good suggestions here. Like, I don't know, just having a father especially be supportive and like why don't we see a therapist I thought that that was really great of him and also I feel like going to Jacksonville may have been a really good solution removing herself entirely from the situation I guess like it makes me think of when someone has an addiction and then they go to rehab and one of the things that you're not supposed to do is go back to where you were before you left because you're just going to fall back into your old habits, I guess. So you're encouraged to like go live somewhere else in a different home with in like new pool of people that you're around as like a fresh start almost. And I feel like her going to Jacksonville and being removed from all of those memories and just not having to see everything and like the sensations of forks and all of, all of those things that bring the memories back. I think, I think that that would be a good solution for her. But, of course, she's not going to do that. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up, because my next point was going to be, like, why she doesn't want to do that. And she basically just argues against everything that you just said. Not even argues, kind of agrees with you. She's like, if I leave, then I might, like, forget that they ever existed. Like, this is all I have left to remember the relationship and the situation, which is, like, kind of fucked up. Yeah, I'm like, you're not gonna, I know, it's like she doesn't want to get over it. I was gonna say, you know, staying here and reliving everything is not gonna help you move forward. But almost in a way, like in this first half, it just seems like she doesn't want to move forward. Totally. And you know what? I'll keep it real. I have been there. Like, I have gone through breakups where I'm like, no, I don't want to get over it. Because then it's like, it's almost like it cheapens it. Like, it didn't matter as much to me if I don't, like, grieve it for as long as I want to. You know what I'm saying? Which I don't think is Bella's same reasoning, but... Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's, like, it's so hard for me to, like, be judgmental or, like, criticize anyone for how they deal with their own loss and trauma, you know? I just, I feel bad. Like, I mean... Like I said earlier, I've never experienced someone who has dealt with a breakup this way, but that's not to say that it's not unrealistic, you know? This could be a normal thing for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. And we know that, not that this kind of thing is hereditary, but we know that Charlie, like, still struggles with his breakup with her mom. So, you know, that's kind of, like, what Bella has had as a half of her model. Obviously, her mom got over it pretty quick, but... Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because one of the things that I that really stuck out to me in this is that he's trying so hard to help her 
move forward. But we see in Twilight, one of the first things that Bella talks about when she gets to his home is that it seems like he never moved forward, that everything still seems like it's exactly the same as when Renee and her left. And I'm like, that sounds a lot like Bella in this situation. Like, Bella did this. This is what Bella knows, you know, is it's very, very hard to get over a big breakup like that. And you can still be a successful adult if you even if you don't move on and forget, you know, so kind of makes sense that this is how she's dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's dark. <laughs> yeah. So um, Bella ends up going to school and there's this short but kind of telling little exchange with Mike Newton where apparently he asks her every week if she's going to work tomorrow. Um, every Friday he asks her that because she works every Saturday. But she's just kind of noticing that, like, he doesn't even really look at her. He doesn't, like, really try to interact with her. And how, she also notices how lifeless her voice sounds. It's like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, two points. One is actually correlated. So I'll say that one first. She's She wanted to be a vampire and wants to be a vampire so bad. And yet also simultaneously throughout this chapter sort of criticizes the like lifelessness in her. And it's like, vampires aren't alive, sweaty. I think it's because she never saw them the way that Edward wanted her to see them. She saw them as like mystical beings. Yeah. And I feel like, like if she was a vampire, even though she technically is like dead, I guess, or non-living, I think she would be more alive because she gets to live the life that she wants to live with the Cullens. Right. And we see in Midnight Sun how everyone talks about how mopey Edward has been for a hundred years. And suddenly he's like a whole new person now that Bella is in his life. Like he's, his attitude has completely changed, you know? So, you know, you can be a lively vampire, I guess. Yes, and you and I have already argued about this because I'm like, they're living, they have to eat, they, you know, they're like moving around in the world. That's true. So like, like technically, like, it just, I guess it just depends on what your definition of being alive is, you know? Yeah. What was your second point? Um, my second point was at the top of page 99. Um, Bella's kind of talking about her school life and going through the motions of things and she talks about how now they're reading animal farm um they're over the romeo and juliet thing and i've never read animal farm have you read it i don't think so i was just curious if there was any because romeo and juliet had such a correlation as to what was going on i was curious if animal farm had any correlations to what was going on however well I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's like the main characters are animals and it's like a satire on society, I guess. Yeah. Like, probably not, but this is going to be the book where there's some humans that turn into animals. So maybe. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't know enough about it to comment. Interesting, though. Um, then, okay, so after that, Bella realizes she has to ask Jessica 
to go out with her. Why do you think she didn't pick Angela? I have my own thoughts, but I'm curious what you think. I think that, I mean, the the whole kind of theme of Jessica, like her time with Jessica is that she just gets her talking and like she doesn't have to participate, I guess. Like, I think if Angela went, it would sort of be expected that there would be more conversation, I guess, between the two of them. And I feel like she kind of puts herself above Jessica in a way, and it would be easier for her to be with someone who she felt like, not that she would win, but it would go the way that she wanted it to because Jessica is so predictable. Yeah, yeah, honestly, I had this written down a little bit later, but I just said it's kind of fucked to use Jessica this way, because she really is using her. Yeah, like I said, the real victim in this chapter is Jessica Stanley. Justice for Jessica. So Jessica's pretty shook when Bella asks her. Um, But, you know, Bella tries to say, like, oh, you're the first person I think of when I want girl time. And throughout this whole chapter, there's just, like, so many cues to how out of touch... A, how out of touch with the world Bella is, and B, like, how just, like, completely she's had to remove, like, basically everything from her life to keep her, like, quote-unquote numb is the word that she uses. She, like, doesn't listen to any of the normal music that she listens to. She can't watch, like, romance on TV, even if it's just, like, a plot device for the stupid zombie movie that they see. She doesn't even know what's in the movie theaters. Like, she brings up a a movie, and Jessica's like, that's not even in the theaters anymore. Like, what the fuck? So it's just, it's very telling. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine how boring her life must have been. Nothing she's doing is recreational in any way. Yeah. It's kind of insane to think about, like, how she just has been going through life, like, not feeling. She has this thing right before she goes to the movie with Jessica where she's like, I was suddenly in my room and I didn't remember the drive home. I have done that. We've all done that. But that's, like, basically her whole life. Yeah, it's... It makes me think of the commercials for, like, Zoloft or something where, the like, the it's very gray, monotone colors and, like, the person is kind of just going through the motions of being at work or being at home and they're just, like, sitting at the kitchen table just, like, staring at a wall. Like, I feel like, I feel like that's what her life is. Like, she's literally not doing anything. Yeah. It's pretty brutal. So... Her and Jessica get into the car. Bella changes the radio station to, like, weird rap. Which, you know what? Listen to rap. Rap is fine. Go ahead, Paige. Before we jump ahead to their their, uh, time together, I just wanted to make a quick note when she's getting ready and she goes into her closet and she kind of is, like, talking, like, almost outside of her body where she's like, I didn't even see the garbage bag on the ground that's covered by clothes. I didn't even think about the stereo that I ripped out of my car. My fingers were bloody for days. My note on that was that was metal as fuck. I, have you ever taken a car stereo out? No. 
the fact that she did that with her bare hands, I do not understand. You need like special tools to take a, a radio out. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it for different reasons. Cause I'm like, she was the one who was so like overcome with grief when she realized that Edward had taken like all reminders of himself out of her life. Like every, basically everything that was proof that he existed. But I'm like, this is proof. Like, you know that you got it from his brother. Like his brother installed it for you. It just seems like out of character, I guess. Yeah, I'm. my note on it was not anything serious. It was just that I was like, damn, Bella, that's fucking intense. Yeah, true. Um, no, I'm glad you brought that up because I totally forgot about it. There was one thing on page 102 also that I skipped over that I meant to point out. It's near the top. Um, when she suggests the zombie movie, she says that Jessica seems surprised. And she says, I tried to remember if I liked scary movies, but I wasn't sure. Like, she's to the point where she doesn't even know who she is anymore. And that is really, really, really sad. It's really sad in many ways because it makes me think that her whole personality was, I guess, built around this relationship. It wasn't like she was her own person entering the relationship Everything that she chose had somehow to do with him and everything that, like, every action she took, I feel like, was somehow influenced. It just, we've talked about it once, or we've talked about it before, and we'll say it again. Like, if you're in a relationship and your whole, like, everything you do is for the other person and you're just over-flooded with them and that's all you think about and your whole being is about them like that is not good you need to be your own person too yeah this is exhibit a of why you shouldn't do it yeah she put all her eggs in a basket and guess what now she's just covered in eggshells Oof. i'm so dead behind Paige right now tina's like laying upside down with her legs in the air <laughs> yeah she learned that from me <laughs> okay so anyways yeah they're in the car Bella turns on rap music and to get Bella or to get Jessica talking Bella asks about guys um you know she's like what's up with you and Mike and Jessica very coyly is like you see him more than I do which I'm like damn fuck but then she talks about how she went out with Connor and then Eric Yorkie who was one of the guys that asked Bella to the dance and so she, like, launches into a whole story about that, and Bella is satisfied because she has manipulated her to her own advantage. Anyways, were you going to say something? Sorry. I was just going to say that I, on this page, I made a note that, like, this whole chapter just, it just, like, the energy is why all of this internalized misogyny, I, I just, like, I feel like there's so, the way that Bella talks about Jessica in her mind and views her just it, it seems like well because she likes to talk and gossip and she's just has a louder personality she's just cheap yeah 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 exactly and I wrote like Bella has a lot of pick me girl energy without wanting to be picked absolutely I'm so glad you brought that up because 
I feel like it was not that much of a stretch for Stephanie Meyer to write Midnight Sun because she already talked about women the way that men talk about women or women with internalized misogyny, which, you know, she has a lot of it. <laughs> just I'm going to have to say it like she just does. Yeah. And to expect your friend to suddenly just like want to be your friend again and like do everything everything for you the way that you want to while simultaneously shitting on them mentally like that's so toxic it is and also like just completely ignoring them even if you have a valid excuse even if you're going through shit like like I've been there I've gone through shit and like yes I have neglected my friendships but you know like that's a process of you having to apologize and like rectify that relationship you can't just one day be like yeah, so can you go with me to the movies so that my dad gets off my back? Like, that's not how it works. Yeah, like, friendships and relationships are two-way streets. You, if you want, if you want the friendliness and the relationship given to you, you also have to put it out as well. Yeah. Damn. Thanks for bringing that up. It smells like strong as weed in this apartment so someone nearby is smoking a lot of weed because i have never once smoked weed yikes someone's hotboxing me okay so the movie starts and there's like a romantic plot at the beginning so bella leaves and like literally hangs out at the concession stand um and then she goes back a little while later and she hears screaming so she's like okay good i got to the good part and um, while she's watching the movie, she comes to the realization that she basically is the zombie. And then she has this like thought later on that she says, it was depressing to realize that I wasn't the heroine anymore, that my story was over. Also in this kind of reflection that she has, she's like, I used to dream about being a mythical character. It's kind of ironic that I became one, a zombie. Which, you said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, if you got to read yourself, you got to read yourself. Yeah. And then Jessica came out or comes out of the movie theater and she's like, oh, did you get scared? And Bella's like, yeah, it was too scary for me. And she's like, I didn't think you were scared because I was screaming and you weren't. Here's what I will say about that. You will not catch me dead screaming in a movie theater. I'm too grown for that. And it's not an internalized misogyny thing. I just I can't. <laughs> I definitely will jump, you know, like jump scares like in my seat. But I, I'm the same way. I am not doing anything to garner attention from others. I will be scared, but I'm going to take that home and deal with it. Deal with it in the comfort of my own bed. Yes, it's almost like more of a self-drag than anything else, because I'm like, I don't want people hearing my embarrassing scream. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you, <laughs> I think you liked going to haunted houses in high school. Are you a screamer in that scenario? You know, I'm normally okay. Like, I'll jump and I'll be like, Ugh! or whatever, like, when you jump. The only time that I have really lost my damn mind is, I don't know what it is, but there's something about the sound and smell of a chainsaw that just absolutely makes me feel as though I have no common sense. Friend of the pod, Tommy, can attest to this because one time I was in a haunted house with him and the chainsaw guy was chasing us and it was in a maze and I literally pushed him down in front of the chainsaw guy and ran away. <laughs> I, first of all, it's hilarious. Like, 
it is it's a it's sad for Tommy, but overall very funny. But two, I knew you were gonna say chainsaw. My brain had this memory that you were telling me either in middle school or very early high school uh, that you went to a haunted house with that you guys were like stuck in like a you were in a maze or something it may have even been your dad I don't know I can't remember but there was a chainsaw guy chasing you and you went out the emergency exit is that is that was that you I don't remember ever going out an emergency exit but my dad did come to a haunted house with and I yes I, I just remember, like, making a note, like, ooh, that must have been really scary. So when you were starting, like, the only thing that really gets me, my brain was like, she's going to say chainsaw. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It just, I lose all common sense, man. But I do love the spook. I can't wait. It's almost October. It's only 75 days till Halloween. Did you know that? Actually, 74 now. When they hear this, though, it'll be 64. No, wait, no, that's not. That's that, that's not how the weeks work. Um. 67. God, can you imagine if weeks were 10 days long, they'd make us work eight of them? Don't even, don't even bring it up. Capitalism will find a way. It is kind of weird that they didn't make weeks 10 days long because 365 is divisible by 10 and it's not divisible by seven. (laughs) Is it? 365 is not divisible by 10. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. (laughs) I'm so stupid. Oh my God. I'm like I didn't want to I didn't want to like talk down on you but I'm like a number has to end with a zero to be divisible by 10. Listen I hate math. (laughs) However five or 10 is divisible by five. Right. I think that's what your brain was thinking. Maybe it's embarrassing. I'm not gonna cut it out though if people need to know how dumb I am sometimes. Um okay so then they go off to eat. They're going to go to McDonald's, which I just think is the funniest detail. Why are they going? <laughs> you think it's funny? I think it's on, I think it's very uh, realistic. McDonald's would be the place that two teenagers would go after a movie. It just makes sense. It does make sense, but it's so off-brand for this book series. Like, in the first book, they went to this Italian restaurant. Why are they going to McDonald's? Like, I'm sure there's a, well, maybe not in Forks, but I'm like, they could go to like, you know, Port Angeles is bigger. They could go to like somewhere fancy. They go to fucking McDonald's. <laughs> maybe, maybe not everywhere else is open. Maybe it's late. Oh, true. Okay. So on the way there, Bella realizes that Jessica has stopped talking because she's an asshole. Bella, not Jessica. I'm sorry. She didn't stop talking. You should read the word that she decides to use babbling that's misogynistic the word babbling is misogynistic period yeah i if she had said talking i wouldn't have had the reaction that i did babbling is meant to be derogatory you're absolutely right thank you for pointing that out the reason that jessica has stopped talking is because they're walking by a bar and there's some guys hanging out inside of it outside of it and She's just trying to be careful, you know, walk fast, keep your eyes down, which is the bullshit thing that women have to do because men can't be raised to not rape women. And Bella basically loses her fucking mind. She is just basically having sort of deja vu of when she had that encounter in Twilight in Port Angeles where she ran into who we know 
is was named Lanny, who's now in jail, which Bella doesn't know. But she's just kind of like, what if I went over there? And I just don't, I don't, I can't even justify that. Like, I can't even pretend to, like, state a reasoning because I don't know what her reasoning is. She just wants to do it. This whole part, I, I made a note of it. Um, this whole section had me internally screaming. I, Bella just has this thing in her that is drawn to unsafe situations. Like, it makes me think of the 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 fish with the light on it. Is it like a angler fish? That it lures fish in um, to, to eat them, basically. Like, she's just drawn in. I don't, I have no explanation for it. She was attracted to Edward despite knowing how dangerous he was. She felt safe with him and the entire Cullen family, regardless of the fact that they would, they could literally and very easily all kill her. And now she's like, she's drawn to this and the adrenaline that's pumping through her veins, she's like, hell yeah, give me more. I want another serving of it. I'm just, I can't understand it. I, walking by a group of men at a bar is one of the most disgusting things I could possibly think of. And I would, I would want to take the least amount of time possible doing it. Bella is just throwing all caution out of the window. And I, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I don't either. And poor Jessica, we've said it already in this episode, but this whole time she just has to stand there and Bella has the audacity to be like, go eat. Like, that's so rude. Like, <laughs> that would mean Jessica would have to walk alone, which she clearly doesn't feel safe with. And it's like, also, she's trying to be a good friend and not, like, leave Bella with these random guys. Yeah, like, what if Bella got attacked and Jessica just left? You know, Jessica would have to then deal with that for the rest of her life. That she was like, okay, yeah, fine, I'll leave. I'll leave my friend alone in this dangerous situation. Like, it's, I, again... Jessica is the victim here. Yes. Um, so as Bella is doing this weird thing, she gets an unexpected and undeserved reward, if you could call it that. And so she hears Edward's voice in her head, and she realizes, kind of, sort of, that if she like keeps on going, she'll hear it again. So she keeps walking closer to these guys, um, and she has a brief, like, why is this happening reflection and she goes through some options option one she's crazy option two it's like wish fulfillment so like she just wants to believe that he would care about her if he were there and so she's like it's probably that one so she's just like i'm just gonna keep on going and it literally she keeps referring to it as relief which is kind of ridiculous um and finally when she gets up to these guys they're actually like non-threatening um you know they ask her if they want she wants to come in and drink with them and she's like oh no um i can't i'm too young and also like realizes that they're not dangerous like she wanted them to be so she turns around and goes back to jessica and of course jessica's honestly nicer to her than i would be um she says what were you thinking you don't know them they could have been psychopaths Bella says, I just thought I knew the one guy. You are so odd, Bella Swan. I feel like I don't know who you are. And all Bella says is sorry. (laughs) 
Which you could have said, I'm sorry, that was shitty to put you in that position. I'm like kind of going through it right now. I won't do it again. You know, like. Yeah, I, I just feel like if Bella was just honest and kind of told Jessica, like, I've just been really having a hard time with all of this. I don't, I haven't been feeling a lot of things. And just doing that gave me a thrill that I hadn't felt in months. I I can't explain it, but it was not the best decision and I put you in a weird spot and I'm really sorry. Like if she just was honest about the situation, I feel like Jessica would be a little forgiving of it. Like I, Jessica strikes me as like, she would be cautious, but I feel like at least it would explain to her what was going on and why Bella has been so distant this whole time, you know? And I think that she would have given her maybe a little bit of leniency. Yeah, I agree. I think Jessica is a good listener. Like, even though Stephanie Meyer doesn't want us to see anything good in her, like, she always really listens to Bella. She always, like, thinks a lot about, like, what she's saying and, like, the body language behind it. And so I feel like she would actually really listen to her if she gave her a chance. Yeah, and Jessica was always sort of interested in a friendship with Bella from the beginning. So I I think that she does want to be friends with Bella and wants that relationship. So if... Bella was honest with her and gave a little bit to her, I think she'd take it. That would require Bella to treat her like a person. Bella can't even treat herself like a person, so. That is very true. I did want to point out on page 113 when she's in this, in the throes of this, kind of towards the bottom middle, uh, I took another step forward, testing. Bella, turn around, he growled. I sighed in relief. The anger was what I wanted to hear. False, fabricated evidence that he cared. A dubious gift from my subconscious. This is so toxic. I'm sorry. This is extremely toxic. Even if this is just a hallucination, to put your own life in jeopardy to get a reaction from someone... That's horrible. That's a horrible thing to do to someone to to threaten yourself, basically. Like, if you don't if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to put myself in harm's way. I'm going to harm myself in this way. You know, like, it's so toxic. What a horrible thing to do. Yes, it goes back to like when they were still together and, and she was like talking about how like if she if. Edward ever died would he want her to kill herself and like all that stuff and we were talking about how it's so manipulative to like do like talk about and say things like that yeah like if if Edward was a a real person there right now and she was doing this it would be it would I I I would do the thing that I've never done and I would feel bad for Edward but right now he's mostly just I'm pretty sure this is this really is just a hallucination in her mind so it's like okay, I guess, but, like, the fact that she's rewarding herself by doing it is just validating in her mind that this is okay, and I don't like that. Yeah, totally. Also, I'm gonna make a super cut, just, like, a video or audio cut together of you saying you feel bad for Edward, because you have before. Sips her Gatorade. I got nothing to say. Okay, so after they go through the drive-thru, I'm so dead. Um, 
they like drive home in complete silence and Jessica listens to the music that she wants to. Um, and then finally, or on the way there, Bella's kind of just thinking to herself about kind of what we've already talked about, how she doesn't want to like think about Edward because it's too painful for her, but she's also scared that she's forgetting him. And I will say that was very relatable to me because I feel like as time passes, you forget like things about relationships, not even like romantic, yes, romantic, but also like friendships. You're like, oh, like I forgot what this person used to do or I forgot what we were doing that day that I have this weird memory from or whatever. And it is pretty sad when that happens. Yeah. I, I want her to forget. I know that it's not going to happen because I know there's two more books, but if there, if this was a real relationship, it's just doing her so much harm to just keep reminding, keep, keep, the hope alive that something positive is going to happen. Keep going over it. And I know she hasn't really been going over it. She hasn't been allowing herself to think about him at all, but like, she also isn't, she also isn't moving forward. She's just staying stagnant at that point. So it's like, I, I really wish that she could allow herself to forget. Is she going to do that? No, she's not, but I wish she would. Yeah. I don't want to invalidate Bella's pain because it's obviously very valid and deserved but I don't think so I hesitate to say this but I don't think it invalidates her I think there's a part of her that is because we know that Bella is very stubborn that is like I'm not going to forget because he said I would forget like he was the one who was like time heals all wounds like you'll move on and I feel like there is probably a little part of her that's like I'll show you you know that is 100 percent she would 100% do that. I, what, Bella Swan, I feel like, not necessarily can hold a grudge, but especially for Edward, who she wants him and his attention so bad, she would go out of her way to, in a way, get that attention by saying, look, I didn't actually forget. I still think about you every now and then, by the way. Yeah, and she wants to be right, and she, I think, wants to prove that, like, she cared about him as much as she said that she did, because it's clear that he didn't care about her as much as he said that he did, so it's almost like she's upholding her end of the bargain. That's a bad word to use, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think you're 100% right. Also on page 116, there was one quick thing I wanted to point out at the bottom. Um, she's discussing why she can't leave Forks and go to Jacksonville, like we were talking about earlier. And she says, if I were to go to Jacksonville or anywhere else bright and unfamiliar, how could I be sure he was real? A place where I could never imagine him, in a place where I could never imagine him, the conviction might fade and that I could not live through. And so my thing is, is like, what's your plan after high school? Like, are you just going to live in Forks the rest of your life? Because that's, like, that's that's not what Bella would want to do. Yeah, I, I don't know. That is, that's a good question. I'm, I don't think that she would want to live with Charlie forever. But also it's like, so she's going to get a house or an apartment by herself. What are you planning on doing? You don't, you've said time and time again that Forks is boring and that there's nothing really going on and you don't like the weather. So it's like you're not going to be happy. 
Yeah, and it's her, she said earlier in this chapter that it's her last semester of school. It's January, we know. So it's like, clock's ticking, babe. Like, yikes. Well, maybe there's, maybe there's some hope for Bella close by. Maybe there's someone else that can take her attention away. Maybe. Although she should just do it herself, ladies. Just yeah. So I do got to say, this is probably unhealthy, but it is relatable for me, that it is easier for me to get over someone if I can focus my intention on someone else. I'm sure that that's not a healthy coping mechanism to loss, but if I start having a crush on someone else, then I, it's easier for me to not think about the person that I just ended things with, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's a saying for a reason. Other people go through that too, like, the easiest way to get over someone is to get under someone else. It's true. <laughs> um, so finally her and Jessica get to her house, and she has the audacity to say, thanks for going out with, with me, Jess. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and she tries to apologize about, um, she says, I'm sorry about after the movie, and Jessica says, whatever, Bella, and then basically just drives away. She walks in, and Charlie's there, all rattled because she did say that she was going out, but she never like confirmed the plans. Like I feel like you could have confirmed the plans when she was home changing or whatever. She could have called him and been like, Hey, I actually am going out. Like, I don't know. I just think it was kind of rude to not. Yeah. I feel bad for Jessica in this because I feel like what she's thinking about right now is like, I gave Bella another chance to redeem our friendship. And this is what she did. Like I feel foolish for thinking that things would be different, but they weren't. In fact, they were worse. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, this is pretty much the end of the chapter. Bella says goodnight to Charlie and goes up to her room, and then the pain kind of takes her over. And this is apparently, according to her, a common occurrence for her. But she finds that for the first time this time, she like can think around it. And she says, whatever it was that had happened tonight, and whether it was the zombies, the adrenaline, or the hallucinations that were responsible, it had woken me up. For the first time in a long time, I didn't know what to expect in the morning. You got anything we didn't cover? No, sadly, we talked about all of it. There wasn't much going on in this chapter, but for next week, we are going to read two chapters. So the first one is called Cheater, and the second one is called Friends. What do you think is going to happen? Hmm. Well, cheating means that you there's a couple definitions for cheating and I don't think that it has anything to do with like a game like I don't think anyone's cheating like at a board game like it either means like cheating like going against the rules for something bigger or like romantically but Bella's not dating anyone so I feel like it has something to do with someone breaking the rules which my brain immediately thinks Edward like either she's she's cheating and allowing herself to think about him and like want to be in a relationship with him or like he's gonna come back maybe and like put himself in her life and is cheating with the rules he sort of set I don't know I think it's gonna be something about someone breaking some serious rules friends then leads me to believe that maybe Edward is coming back. Maybe he's like, well, maybe we can be friends. I don't know. Or Bella is making new friends just in general. Like maybe this is where Jacob's going to come in and she's going to 
maybe meet some of the other Quileutes. I don't know. But I think it's going to be new friends for Bella or Edward wants to be her friend. Interesting. All right. I like how every week you're like, I think this is when Jacob's going to come in and <laughs> just waiting so patiently. <laughs> Watch him not even show up until Eclipse. <laughs> That'd be so awkward. All right, lady. Well, I think it's your week to do the socials. So hit him. All right. We've been getting some great messages from friend of the pod, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. Um, so if anyone else wants to message us on Instagram, you can find us at Tuesdays are for Twilight. That is also our username on Tumblr, which feel free to send us memes there, gifts, whatever floats your boat. Um, if you want to email us questions or concerns or just to say hi, you can email us at TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TaftPod. And um, our Patreon is patreon.com slash Tuesdays are for Twilight. But as always, we also encourage you to support the Quileutes and their efforts to move to higher ground. And you can find more information and help support them at www.mthg.org. All right. Yeah. And also, Hannah has been hitting us with some memes like the past 24 hours or so on Twitter. I got to send some of them to you, Paige. They have been great. I have been slammed at work, but... They're waiting for you. I owe you some memes. I feel like Hannah truly is the meme queen. I I see so many amazing memes and meme formats thanks to you. So thank you, Hannah. <laughs> we love all of you. We are so glad that you're listening. Paige, do you have anything you want to add before we sign off? Make sure that you salt the pasta water. Not just the pasta. Adding, the, adding some salt to the water while the pasta is cooking really enhances the flavor of the pasta. I'm about to go mix spaghetti squash for the first time, which is like fake pasta, so pray for me. I've heard it's really good. Me too. I hope I don't screw it up. <laughs> I guess what I'm having for dinner tonight. Lasagna? No, it is actually one of my guiltiest pleasures. It's I usually feel disgusting afterwards, but, you know, sometimes I just got to do it. Chicken nugget dinner. Yes, ma'am. You were talking about that on the episode that I listened to. That's so funny about chicken nuggets. I, they're really, they're just so good, but gluten-free chicken nuggets are really expensive, so I don't treat myself to them often. But I was at Target, like I said, and they didn't have fucking cat litter. So I was like, what else can I buy for $16? Chicken nuggets and tater tots. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You can hear more of this scintillating conversation about food next week. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>